0: In today's show, we're talking Golden State Warriors, previewing the fantasy value up for, I don't know why I stumbled there, but for the upcoming season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock_Bball, on TikTok at RedRock_Bball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 infections, 50 plus infections actually. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. All right, time to dig into the Warriors, a team with a gigantic question mark, a huge question mark. I'm going to talk about it in a second, but you do have an opportunity later on in the show to enter the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. What is it, Orny? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Giant contest, up to 720 teams for a Category League division, up to 720 teams in the Points League division, $50 entry, 18-man rosters, slow draft starting at the beginning of October, 10 starters, 8 bench, 40-game hard cap limit each week. Top two in each division after playoffs make uh, get $200 back and make it into the finale, finale, the battle royale where you go against every other team that is in there. Different roster restrictions, different roster setup and positions, larger rosters, more stashing. Just a few little things we're trying out to make fantasy basketball better. If you want to be in it with a bunch of other people, heaps of them, get involved. Later in the show, I will provide you with a specific question to answer on your entry form. Entry forms are linked in the description below on YouTube and in the show notes for the podcast. So check them out over there. Let's talk Warriors. The Warriors, usually they're one of the teams that leads the NBA in quality games. Not so much this season. They're at 47. So it's a little bit of a change there. And we all know that having the benefit the benefit of multiple or more Quality games is that your players play on the low-volume days, opening up spots on your roster for your 11th, 12th, 13th man to be able to get into your lineup on big-volume big, big volume Wednesdays, big-volume Fridays. 47 is not terrible, but it's not up the upper end of 54s and 55s that the Suns and the Bucks and teams like that are getting. Um, they also have the most back-to-backs in the league, which is really bad news for Steph, Draymond, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, all these old farts. None of them at this point are routinely sitting back-to-backs. And they were probably the team that the new resting policy was brought in to target because they would just say, we're playing everyone on one night and sitting everybody the next night. And that new policy aims to stop that. I think the new policy is absolutely stupid and is not actually going to solve anything and probably cause more problems than anything else. But that is what's brought in. So you won't see those nights where Paul and Chris Paul, Curry, Draymond, Clay all sit together And yeah, Moody and Kaminga, and in the past it was Jordan Poole, would have opportunities to go bananas. You're not going to get that. You might get one or two guys sitting some nights. Uh, These older players like Steph and and Paul will sit some back-to-backs. They have to manage themselves with common sense. Um, But it's going to be a little bit different to how it was uh, managed in the past. The shit that they gave them the most back-to-backs in the league. They also have the fewest amount of maximum game weeks. Would have loved to get more four-game weeks, but I guess... That's okay in terms of reducing some of the workload on them. Uh, And their playoff schedules, look, it's all right. 3-3-4 if you finish on the 24th of March, not fantastic. If you finish the 31st, you go 3-4-4. That's a max week. Uh, 4-4-3 for a 7th of April finish, which is Yahoo default. And 4-3-4 for the final day of the regular season. And not too bad, but not the best finish that we've got there. Pressure points. When we're looking down, top view, what... What goes wrong? Well, it's Chris Paul versus Kevon Looney. Common sense for majority of us from a basketball perspective would say Kevon Looney probably has to start. He's got the size. He's unbelievable defensively. He knows his role. Um, but ego is a real thing. Cowtowing um, and catering to star players is a real thing. And it seems like... Well, not it seems like... Mark Spears has basically gone on the record said, Chris Paul will start. So we just have to assume that Chris Paul will start. Will Chris Paul finish? I don't know. Does it mean he plays 33 minutes or 29 minutes? I don't know that either. But Chris Paul is going to start. So that impacts a lot. We're going to dig... Chris Paul is going under the lens later. Weird choice by you guys, the voter, it, but it was like 50% voted Chris Paul. So we're going to dig into him a little bit more later on. But that's the question there. And because yeah, if Looney's coming off the bench, then any sort of real value of uh, Dario Saric or a lot of people who were really hoping for Trace Jackson Davis, I think that was uh, pretty... Pretty optimistic uh, thought process to get him into the rotation. If Looney's the guy coming off the bench, then Sharich and Jackson, Jackson Davis, when are they going to play? Never. Um, and then if Paul is starting, then the importance of a Corey Joseph or a Moses Moody probably improves in that second unit because you don't have Chris Paul there. When you look at Moody Moody, 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 Moses Moses Moody. But at this point, it is still somewhat of an unknown, even though Spears has come out and said this. We don't know what it means exactly. He said like five minute burst, so he's gonna play five, five, five in the first half, five, five, five in the second half, thirty minutes. That seems about right. Makes makes sense. And then we get like these other guys staggering and coming through. The other one is injuries. They all miss time. Draymond is old, he gets hurt. Clay is older, who, you know, is playing back to backs, but there's always risks to this. Steph, always something seems to happen. Andrew Wiggins in the past hadn't been injured, but guess what? That doesn't mean you don't get hurt. In last season, he got hurt, and then he had a personal issue that caused him to miss like 50 games. Uh, Chris Paul, we, we, all, we know that he's 38, like he's going to get hurt. Kevon Looney was hurt his entire career, and now he's played 82 games in a row the last two games. That could switch back at any point. Injuries are really one of the big factors on this squad in terms of being able to... Um, work out where the rotations can go or or where the projections uh, can end up uh, going wrong or or going right. They are are one of the bigger factors that we do need to pay attention to. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical and their Jace Case, which provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is you fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, you jump on a quick call with their certified physicians, and then you get ongoing care from the doctors as well for any treatment-related questions. The program for the Jace case and Jace Medical is doctor-created. It's doctor-recommended. And let's just get into what's the key things here. It is for emergencies. Like, we run into emergency situations. Thank God we don't have to do it. Often, some of us may never have to, which is great. But earthquakes, floods, fires... Um, tropical storms, tornadoes. They can wreak havoc with your home, your health, your access to medical services. And sometimes you need these life-saving things on hand, preparedness for the safe, safety and health of your family. And that's what Jace Case provides. You can get these life-saving um, uh, antibiotics, giving you that peace of mind and the ability to treat something if, heaven forbid, it comes up. You can save $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical Plus. An additional 20 bucks off by using the code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. And the promo code is locked on. Breakout candidates. Are they going to breakout? I don't think so. But we're talking about looking at things that could happen and how we don't have to really stretch. Like we can't look at Chris Paul and go, yeah, actually, I think Chris Paul is going to really blow up this season. We can't really look at Andrew Wiggins and say the same thing or Kevon Looney. But we can look at two of their 2nd uh, third-year guys, John Kaminga and Moses Moody. Now, at this point, I would not recommend drafting either of these players in 10 or 12 or 14 team leagues. At the way things are currently set up, there's no actual room for Kaminga to play a larger role rotation-wise because the two players ahead of him, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins... To a lesser extent, Clay Thompson playing the three, the four, and the five, those three guys, they're all still there. They're also going to do the same thing. And is Wiggins going to actually play fewer games than he played last season? Also seems really unlikely. But things could change remarkably. They could make trades. Maybe Clay is just absolutely washed and he was in the playoffs. He looked terrible. Maybe he just gets hurt. Kaminga has a chance in year four. Year four? Year three. In year three to really start to take control. Him and Steve Kerr have had issues. We know this. But there is a path for Kaminga at somehow. And the same thing goes for Moody. Because if they do start Chris Paul, then their backup guard last season was Dante DiVincenzo. He no longer plays for this team. So somebody is going to have to step up. And Moses Moody, despite being out of the rotation for big chunks of the season, played a role in the playoffs, was in the playoff rotation, which is eye-opening, but also important to note. Now, Steve Kerr could also Dwayne Casey his way into playing Corey Joseph more than he needs to, but with two point guards starting and hopefully some staggering, you don't probably need another ball handler like Corey Joseph. You probably need someone who's bigger, who can shoot, who can play some defense, and is heading into year three and I think it's going to be a really good player, and that's Moses Moody. Not draftable guys, but just players that have the opportunity to where we're currently projecting them to actually go above and beyond that with a little bit of a breakout. And if Steph or Chris Paul gets hurt, well, there's a, there's a huge opportunity there for Moody to step into a starting lineup and play a big role and become yeah, a much more important player. Speaking of Chris Paul, let's go under the lens. Was Chris Paul's season last year bad? No, it was actually pretty good. He was 48th in Yahoo fantasy points per game. He was 40th in ESPN. And in minus one head-to-head ranks, he was 42nd. I bet, like, I didn't I didn't really think this. I, I didn't expect that he was actually that good. He was he was strong last season. I don't really, and, like, it is a surprise when, because when you think about, like, oh, Paul struggled and, man, they got rid of him and he's been salary dumped twice here already in the Beal trade and then the Jordan Poole trade. He played 32 minutes. He averaged 14 points with four rebounds, nine assists, 1.5 steals. A almost two threes, nine assists, 1.5 steals guy is bloody good. 83 from the line, 44 from the field is not ideal. Yes, granted. 38 from three is pretty good. But as I said, the bloke's 38 years of age. There is going to be some drop-off at some point. The number one thing we want to start looking at is the minutes. But interestingly, he started very rough at the beginning of last season. You can see the graph up on that screen. That's minutes per week. Didn't hit 100 in a week. For the first eight weeks, 100 minutes. That's bad. But then 105, 90, 105, 120, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 weeks of over 100 minutes in the final 17 weeks of the season. The trend of the minutes was pushing up. There were some lower weeks in there with some injuries and things like that. But he didn't ramp down as the season went on, which is, I guess, when we think of it, we didn't really think that would happen. The other interesting thing, and there's there are reasons for this, but we look at the usage and was he taking a step back when Kevin Durant arrived, but also remember Durant barely played. His usage went up as the season went on, very low early on. And we're going, what is Chris Paul doing? He's never taking any shots. He doesn't take threes. He's not doing a thing. He's running at like 13% usage. Had some time off, had an injury, came back. 20 usage, 23, 26, 19, 22, 21, 22, 18, And just kept rolling at these higher usage. Now, I think it would have probably dropped down the end of the season if Durant had been healthy. But when we think about Chris Paul's season and think about his age, you think that some of the stuff might have tailed off, but it actually improved. Minutes went up. Usage went up as the season went on. Assists, a slight upward trend on those as well. And you can't get many players who are constantly delivering 28 to up to 40 assists in a week. You don't get many of those guys. The problem here with all of these numbers and everything I've just told you is he's on a different team. Now, he's Chris Paul, one of the best fantasy players of the last 15 years. A persistent and consistent top 10 player for many years. But he is 38. But he's, honestly, he's still he's still racked up nine assists per game. He can still do it. But how does the Warriors system allow him to do that? That's where we're going to get into some problems with trying to project him out. And I've got another thing about him later on. But let's look at his minus one ranks. Again, had some real struggles early on, but some pretty good runs towards the end of the season. Despite the struggles, despite what burnt into our heads early on, he wasn't anywhere near as bad as we thought. Yes, the injuries are a concern, that lower usage, some of the shooting problems, all of that can be a concern. But it wasn't as bad as what we think. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be problems this season. His Darko DPM change graph, pretty obvious to see this, that when we hit around the year fifteen sixteen, which was like, what, seven, eight years ago, around the age 30, he started to head into a decline phase. And it's been relatively consistent. And remember this, this sort of line where it becomes straight doesn't mean that it's a, a, a linear decline. It means that the rate of decline is in, in increasing. If it was linear decline, then this line on the change graph would be flat, but below zero. But because it's heading down, it's like we're starting to drop off and drop off and drop off. And that rate of change is increasing every every season we go on since that 15-16 season. He was still really good. That doesn't mean that he was bad. Under zero doesn't mean he was bad. It means that we started to hit the peak and the decline's coming and it's still trending downwards. So as every year passes, we expect things to get a little bit worse. Does the usage drop? Does the passing numbers drop? Does the efficiency drop? Can he not get to the rim as much? And then of course there's the the issue of not only being on a new team, but what if he's on this team and they use him like D'Angelo Russell's contract? He plays here half the season and they piss him off somebody somewhere else. I, I honestly think it's a huge possibility. And I didn't think that until I did the team preview show with Locked on Warriors Hosiris. He said, well, maybe he's gonna get traded. And I said, Wow, it didn't even didn't even enter my head we'll see how it goes because it is a weird fit and that brings us to this this basketball index head plot two things that I've got headshot plot sorry not a head plot what the hell is that um, one thing that's really important for me to look at is how much these guys played off the ball so I've got on this graph I've got Mike Conley did some older point guards Mike Conley Kyle Lowry I get to just drop one of these just casually in here so I like it Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. So that's Conley in the middle there, who's at 20... Sorry, Lowry in the middle, who's at 20% off-ball. In the 20th percentile in terms of off-ball, sorry. You've got Mike Conley, who's around 8th percentile, and Chris Paul's in like third percentile. So never plays off-ball. The other one up the top there is James Harden, who James Harden and Chris Paul spent about the same amount of time off-ball last season. The one on the very far right over there is Draymond Green who we always consider as a really strong playmaker for the Warriors, but he doesn't spend that much time on ball. And then at around the 10th percentile in terms of time off ball is Steph. So Steph played off ball more than Chris Paul last season, but Draymond played off way more. So Chris Paul, there's a couple of things that's going to happen here if Chris Paul... Oh, sorry. I better talk the other axis, the Y-axis, which is total shots at rim per 75 possessions. Harden way up the top, but you'll notice that Steph actually gets to the rim at a decent amount, and so does Draymond. Draymond, it's not getting through, so it's taking shots at the rim, but that's a lot of dump-off stuff for Draymond. But you'll notice that down the bottom here, in terms of percentile, Chris Paul's at like first percentile in terms of taking shots at the rim. Conley's down pretty low at 10th percentile, and Lowry's at about 15th, the older point guards. So my my reason for showing this plot, in terms of talking about Chris Paul's being really good, but also maybe we are just pump the brakes a little bit, is that last season, Chris Paul played on ball, nearly the whole time. Something has to give because so did Steph and there's also Draymond in that mix. But Chris Paul playing on ball, he never really got to the rim and if he's playing off ball, is he does he have enough spacing gravity? Is he able to push to the rim and cut or take guys off the dribble? And the answer is he doesn't really do any of that. So how does he work playing off the ball or is it Steph that plays? Steph can play off ball, obviously. But is Chris Paul going to be able to maintain that insanely high number of you know, percentage time on ball? That's That's got to be the concern. Draymond can still get his numbers without playing on ball the whole time. So initially when I came into this, I was a little worried. Oh, is Draymond going to lose a bunch of assists? I was a little worried, but he can still thrive in, in this role of being a, a connector sort of guy versus an initiator. It's going to be the playoff between Paul and Curry and you know who's going to win that one. It's going to be Steph. So if Chris Paul goes off ball and he's not cutting, he's not moving around, he's not shooting threes at a high rate, is he clogging things up with mid-range? How does it make sense? And how do those minutes get distributed? Do they play away from each other or just does the fit not work? There has to be some sort of change here. And I would guess the worst player, Chris Paul, is the guy that probably has to sacrifice. And we'll see what it ends up... Um, what it ends up leaning into because there are obviously some big questions about how that's all going to work out. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, your customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining Fangio, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Spreads, player props, money lines, futures, Tua lower MVP bets, Dolphins to win the Super Bowl bets, Dolphins to win the money line, Dolphins to cover the spread, Dolphins to go over the total with the greatest offensive NFL history. It's all there. You can do it all on Fanduel. So visit fangil.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanGil is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Now I've said all that about Chris Paul. I've said all that about Draymond Green and it's time to talk fantasy sleepers and actually think they both might be fantasy sleepers because they're older, they don't always appeal in a points format and they've been knocked down a little bit. Now, we talk about this. Draymond is ranked 98th on Yahoo. 98th. I I don't really think that's indicative of what his overall value is. Draymond last season only averaged 8 points, but 7 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, 0.8 blocks, 53 and 71% shooting. They're pretty good numbers. It's only going to work for certain teams because the, the low points is a real problem. But... If you're in a very high-level amount of points or you're punting that category, bringing Draymond in works wonders. In a points league, I don't care for it at all. He's not a, not a sleeper for a Yahoo points at 98 or an ESPN points at 109. That's not a sleeper. But I think he might be where he's getting drafted at 98 on Yahoo. He's got 85 on fan tracks, 89 ranked on ESPN for categories, and he's got a 96 ADP. I think there's a round to two rounds, maybe a value for Draymond. Doesn't mean you go and grab him that early, but if you're getting him around there, I think there's a little bit of value in that. You can squeeze out of it, remembering that he might be 9, 7, and 6 this season. Maybe he does lose an assist. There is a risk of that, but he's still a very valuable player. And the same goes for Chris Paul, where the value varies a bit. He's ranked 64th on Yahoo, and I wouldn't touch that in a Points League. I think for a Category League, there's iffiness there. Does he get traded? Does he actually play 30 minutes? Does he play 27? How does it all look? If he plays 30, he can probably get close to that. I wouldn't say he's a bust at pick 64 for a Category League, but I wouldn't say he's a steal either. Fantrax has got him at 87 ADP. That I love. Like, what are you risking a pick 87? He still could be. He still could be a top 50 player. And Yahoo or so ESPN has got him ranked at 96 in points leagues. And even for that, that's like he was top 50, he was 40th in ESPN points leagues last season. It's a big drop off. And I do expect a drop off, but not necessarily that big. And yeah, he's ranked 70th in category leagues for ESPN. There's no real value in that. His ADP is 69. That's totally okay. It's not high value. But ranked 96 on points leagues, yeah. And ADP on Fan Tracks at 87, yeah. It's all about getting guys in the right spot. There's no such thing as a universal bust or a universal sleeper. And speaking of busts, I don't know why we're speaking of busts, but we are talking locked on fantasy basketball bowls because I want you to be able to enter the golden one of the Golden State Warriors division. I think it's the Santa Clara division and the Santa Cruz division. And then there's the Steph Curry division for the points league, points leagues. Sorry. So what I want you to answer, just drop this number into the question on the form below. You don't need to write anything else. All you need to do is drop that number in the question. How many points, how many points per game did Johnny Kaminga average last season? The answer you want to put in there is 9.9. John Kaminga averaged 9.9 points per game last season. All you need to write in the answer is 9.9. Are there any real fantasy busts on this team? No, I don't think so. You could make arguments that maybe Steph is marginally too high in a points league. I don't actually think it correlates as a bust. Is Clay too high? I don't think so. There's been an adjustment for him uh, over on ESPN recently, and I don't think it's terrible. He's ranked 98th. He's ADP 72. It's maybe a little bit high, but it's not too bad. Is Wiggins too high? I don't think so. Durant, actually, we'll get to this later. My Durant metric actually really likes Wiggins. It pushes him way up in head-to-head leagues, which is very interesting. If he also plays more power forward this season, maybe he gets more rebounds. And we've got to hope that he just doesn't miss as much time as last season. So I wouldn't say there's anyone who's just a gigantic risk or a gigantic bust at some of the spots that they're going. And that's all it's about. Chris Paul um, had an injury in the playoffs. He should be fine, ready to go. But at age 38, like he can give out at any time. And we talk about a trade option. I do think that Paul is at risk of being traded. I don't think the fit's going to be great, and maybe it's just a salary slot sort of situation where you can move him on for something that makes more sense. Getting maybe a center who makes more sense. And not even a center, but someone big. Because they've got centers. There's a Charich, they've got Looney, there's Draymond who plays center, there's Jackson Davis. They want someone, they've got no one big. Get some size at any position, really. But I think Chris Paul is a risk, if it doesn't work, and I'm not sure it does, of getting traded. It's three guys coming out of contract. Clay Thompson is an unrestricted free agent, so is Dario Saric and Corey Joseph. Uh, They're, I believe, still negotiating extension talks for Clay at the moment. The rotation risks is what happens at center, really. Like, is it Draymond starting? Does Looney play 20 minutes or 26? If Looney played 26, he'd actually be worthwhile in standard leagues, but in 20, not really. And then if Looney's not starting, do Saric and Jackson Davis play at all? What if what could, maybe they do bench Chris Paul and then everything changes up and then the value of a Moody on the bench drops and the value of Looney increases and then the Shah Riches and Jackson Davis, they jump into the discussion. The other thing is, what about Kerr versus Kaminga? Because Kaminga a putrid rebounder. He doesn't really give that effort there. He doesn't really have great basketball feel. He's not an instinctive passer and Kerr hates that shit. So we've seen it plenty of times. He'll go out there, he'll have a couple of highlight plays, he'll do something dumb and he gets benched the rest of the game. Is that still going to be a problem? For this season, limiting Kaminga's playing time. Is he going to demand a trade? I believe he sort of quietly has already. But I don't know about that. I can't 100% confirm that. But there's definitely no... It's not rosy there between all these guys. So how does his role look on this squad? Permanent monsters is an interesting spot because is Chris Paul a monster? Not really, but if somehow he played 34 minutes, well, he's a top 40 guy. Like thats I don't think there's really any debate about that. I don't think he's going to play those minutes, but he's just someone that if he starts playing more than we think, just be aware of that. And the other is the, uh, the doctor, Gary Payton. Because his steal rate, his high field goal percentage, good rebounds, solid steals, good blocks, it all translates fantastically into a category league player. Now, his body probably can't handle anything more than 19 minutes. But if something happens... And he is forced into a larger role. We always want to pay a little bit of attention to how much or how much playing time, how many minutes he's getting. Let's look at their depth chart. At this point, we are going with Stefan Chris Paul as the guard starting. Backing them up is Pajemski but I don't think he's going to play much this season. Corey Joseph, who unfortunately will play more than we hope. And then two-way guy, Lister Quinonez. I think Quinonez can make a real NBA roster. I think he's got some dynamic shooting ability and scoring ability. He's probably a little bit too small, but he's someone I do like as a player. Klay Thompson on the wing there. He'll start as a wing. And then you've got Gary Payton and Moses Moody as the backups there. Moody, of course, can play some guard, but not point guard, but he's more of a 2-3. And Payton's not really a point guard, either. he's more of a 2-3 at this point in his career. For the Fords... Not much there in terms of pure forwards, guys that you can play at the three and the four. That's Wiggins, who's going to start, and I think might be a bit sneaky in some fantasy leagues. And then there's Johnny Kamenga, who will play the three and the four. He's more of a four than a three. Um, has some real struggles with the assists and some defensive numbers, but had some improvements in his shooting stuff last season. And then the bigs, they will start Draymond. It could be Looney as well, but Draymond's going to start. Looney's more of that rebound streamer. And then there's a ton of bigs on this team, but they're none, none that are super big, big. Because these are all guys that are really exclusively either centers or power forward centers. So you've got Dario Saric, who's probably more a center at this point in his career, but I could see him a little bit of power forward. There's Trace Jackson Davis, who's an older rookie who put up good numbers in Indiana. A lot of that was system-based, and I don't think he's quite good enough to be an NBA starter. Uh, I worry about some of the athleticism and some of the ways that things need to be fed to him. They just recently grabbed former first-round pick Ujman Garuba, On a two-way, I really like them getting him. I think he's actually a pretty good player. He's a very, very good defender. No offense, but there's a bloke on this team who's a very good defender who struggles with his offense as well. Struggles with his scoring, not his offense, Draymond. He's obviously a very good offensive player, but doesn't score much. So Garuba's in a great spot. And then there's Jace Johnson, who they signed as well. May not make the final roster, but there is a lot of bigs there. Very interested to see what they do with Garuba, but I'm not sure that Garuba or uh, Trace Jackson-Davis is going to play very much at all this season. And then we go into talking about Durant and Bazemore, the metrics. Like a lot of the Warriors guys really bump up in Durant. Steph goes up to like number two. Be aware of that. They move him very high. Now, I wouldn't take him at two. Too much risk with his age and how it fits with Chris Paul. But I feel more confident about taking him six or seven in that sort of a zone in the first round. Wiggins jumped up like almost 30 spots from like a regular ranking. The free throw percentage issues not that impactful uh, in a Durant metric to the way that it is in a regular ranking system. I think that his defensive stats are pretty good. I think there is a chance of rebounds jumping up. And Kaminga's also another guy who got a sizable like 40-50 spot boost using the Durant metric, not a draftable player still for 12 or 14 teams, but a sizable boost there nonetheless. Baysmore's the dynasty metric. Steph was outside the top 50. Again, you tweak that if you want to make it more for contending and he jumps up, but on the, the straight down the middle one, outside the top 50, fair enough. He's 34, 35. All right, when you get to that age, you don't want to invest heavily unless you're just going for year one title, which is a, a fine way to go about it. Kaminga was inside the top 130. Moses Moody inside the top 200. And Clay Thompson outside the top 160 for Dynasty. Hmm. If you've got any disagreements with those, I'd love to hear them as well. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And here on YouTube, you thumb it up, and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.